Morning, everyone. Uh, who haven't I met this week so far? Anyone? Hi, I'm David. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's been a good and fun week. There were lots of stories that came out of uh, yesterday. Uh, it's a shame we perhaps didn't hear some more of them, but uh, hopefully the traction will start to just 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 take take action again, and we'll start to see. Um, a lot more of those gifts being released. Oh, I'm on camera. <laughs> Is this a live stream or? <laughs> oh dear. So, um, well, it's Mother's Day, uh, not in England, but uh, it is here. So, our, our Mother's Day is earlier in the spring. Uh, so, but the, they're very excited back home because Pudsey the dog has won Britain's Got Talent. And I know you guys don't know what I'm talking about. There's a big talent competition that is a big thing in the UK. And uh, every year you get what we call sometimes um, care in the community on stage. Like you get some kind of crazy people. But this year, a dancing dog has won. And uh, so if you go to YouTube, I mean, I suppose you show it, can we? No. If we go to YouTube and uh, type in Pudsey, Britain's Got Talent, this dog is actually quite amazing. It can get on its hind legs and do its kind of thing like this. And go on, it's just really quite like, you'll like it, cat. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they're very happy Tom my son is very, is very happy because he voted for the dog so my phone bill has gone up to vote that a dancing dog wins the talent competition in the United Kingdom so, so uh, yes yeah, so the things we have to cope with eh? <laughs> uh-huh. so um, I was trying to think of something where we get Mother's Day, Supernatural, and um, sort of angels all kind of bump, you know, into one place. So let's see if we can guess where I'm going to go to. Who, who, how could we, what, mum, angels, and, um, and, uh, and the whole kind of supernatural, hosting the presence of God. So have we got any ideas about who that might be? I uh, know, you're going to say, Mary, that's the obvious one, you see. Huh? Yeah, it's too easy. Anyone else? Uh, that's a g yeah, good guess, no. <laughs> it's Samson's mum. Ah, not Samson. Samson's mum. And um, I just think she's a really interesting character. And I think that uh, there are things that we can learn uh, from this story. It's interesting that the birth of Samson was the, one of the most described and detailed, the, the context of his birth is like the most described and detailed other than Christ, really, in the Bible. So it's like there, there are, there are, there's a reason it's there. It could have just said, uh, and, uh, you know, Samson was born, the end, or Samson was born, and then his life. But it goes into great detail about what actually happened around his, his birth and the response of his, uh, his mum and his dad. So dads don't get away with that. Uh, it's, it's both, both mums and dads. And if you're, if you're not a mum or whatever, uh, there's still things that we can learn from that about hosting the supernatural. Um, so I'm going to look at that. I'm gonna, that's the sort of where we're going to head. We're going to look at the things we can learn from this story about hosting the supernatural. And I said when I was here uh, during the weekend that we've had a, a, a thing happen in our church where we had a prophet come through and he had a, a, an angelic visitation uh, before he arrived with us. And very detailed and very specific, even mentioning things in history that he would not have known otherwise. 
Um, and, but out of that has come some really practical things. And so um, one of the things that when we have these encounters and we, you know, we want God to pour out his fire and we want him to do things and we want him to encounter us and he wants to speak to us, but that it doesn't end there. We don't get so caught up in all the excitement of that that we kind of miss the message, you know. And the way these guys responded is so good because out of it comes some practical stuff. Now, I know you're all going to sit there and think, yeah, but Samson went so badly wrong. Well, it's true and it's not true. Um, because the truth is that Samson was one of the heroes of the faith that's talked about in Hebrews. So in terms of his relationship with God, although he messed up, and we all mess up, his destiny, he fulfilled the destiny that was on his life. And actually, as we go through the story, we'll see that even as he was born, there were things that God said about what he was going to do. And if you understand some of the things of what he was going to do, then he, you realize some of the challenges he was up, up against. And why, in this instance, God couldn't raise up a leader in the traditional sense of mobilizing others. He had to raise up essentially a one-man killing machine. That was the strategy that God had to, to destroy part of the, the enemy army. So, anyway, let's just look at the story. Um, it's a bit of a chapter, really, but I, I feel I should read it all. Um, and so, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Judges um, and chapter 13. Judges, chapter Judges in the Old Testament, chapter 13. The book of Judges is, is essentially, it's not like Judges as in people that sit uh, in legal courts, as we would use that word nowadays. The book of Judges in the Bible is essentially Israel, the people of God, kept just like messing up big time. And um, so every so often God would go, oh, for goodness sake, you guys, and raise up a judge, a deliverer, someone who was a, you know, he had... Some or he or she, because Deborah was one of them. Gideon, who's heard of Gideon? Yeah, Gideon was another one. Deborah, Deborah, who led the troops into battle because the men wouldn't do it. So there were these these deliverers that God raised up, and Samson was one of those. Those that was that was his destiny, and that was his calling. Now, as I said, he messed up along the way, but he actually did what he was <coughs> supposed to do, which was destroy or weaken the enemy. And he took out like thousands of them in his lifetime, which is pretty cool. Anyway, we'll read the chapter 13. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and she had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you're barren, and you've born no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. So be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me. And his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I didn't ask him where he was from, and he didn't tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine, etc., etc. And he, she recounts exactly what the angel said to her. Then Manoah, her husband, praised the Lord and said, O oh my Lord, please let the man of God, whom you sent, come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, 
And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to see me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass, but what will the boy's rule of life be and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, be careful. And he repeats it again. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, But please let us detain you so that we can prepare a young goat. And we prepare a young goat for you, rather. And the angel of the Lord said, No. And then he asked the, uh, what the angel's name is. And the angel replies, uh, Wonderful. So Manoah took the young goat with a grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing, which is a miraculous thing. While Manoah and his wife looked on, and it happened as the flame went up towards heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. Then the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, duh. If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have accepted a burnt offering. He would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands. He, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us so much things at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manea Dan between Zorah and Eshnoel. It's a pretty amazing story, isn't it? And as I said, it's the, clo- it's, it's, it's the closest in terms of uh, the Bible talking about a birth to, to Jesus. In terms of the background, the context, this is what's going to happen, this is what he's going to do, this is the angel coming and all this kind of stuff. So but I want to look at, I do want to draw out a few points about <coughs> the, the mum. Um, but also I want to think about it in context of hosting, hosting or, or welcoming the supernatural, welcoming you know, the, the, the heavenly like, messengers in terms of the angelic, but also just the whole supernatural. Because when it, when it happens, I love their response. It's very practical. It's very almost pragmatic. It's like, well, you know, I need to hear this again, sort of thing. So let's just un- un- unwrap some of this stuff as we go. So we're in a place where the children of Israel have done evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, this was not an unusual thing. The book of Judges, as I said, was full of the times when... Um, they were just, Israel were messing up. The people of God were messing up, but God kept having mercy on them. He kept having mercy on them. So how, how many of us feel we've messed up quite a lot? You know, this is a message for us, like God has mercy. So in these times when, and this is Old Covenant, so this is like, you know, this isn't as good as post-cross. This isn't good as after Jesus came. Even in those times when they messed up, God would say, well, look, I'm going to, there might be a time where there's going to be just things are going to be tough because he says he, ha- he handed them, he allowed them basically to go into the hands of the Philistines, which were bad news. But in the midst of that time, uh, he is also planning to raise up a deliverer. And I want to say to you that you might be going through stuff, you might be um, you know, hitting tough times, but you do not know what God has planned for you. And you don't know who he's got praying for you right now. 
It could be that there's somewhere right now in Singapore who's being woken up praying for Fred. Because that's the way the kingdom is. And the resources outside us, the resources outside Port Alberni, but the resources in the kingdom are astonishing. And it's very easy to go in a downward spiral when we forget these things. And this story hopefully starts to remind us that you know, the people are doing evil, so it's not like it was they, they, they deserved a good thing to happen. So you might feel, well, I don't deserve it. Well, that's fine, because they didn't deserve anything, and yet God came through with a deliverer. And so right now, whatever you're going through, there are, there are resources in heaven that are available. And the resources also could be, things could be going on that we just don't know about. You know, what if there's someone who's really going through a difficult time, perhaps with addiction, and actually their name is being broadcast to various people that are prayer warriors around the world, and they're praying. Who knows? People could be waking up right now in China and praying for a place called Port Alberni, not even knowing where it is. It's true. This is the sort of stuff that can happen, you know? Because oh, we're part of a kingdom. And the kingdom is just doesn't know bounds. It doesn't know geographical bounds. It doesn't know language bounds. Uh, God can do this stuff. And so when you think, oh, I'm on my own, or there's no hope, I want you to remember this story. I want you to remember that the people were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. He, he, and he, God was preparing something. So even when they were still doing it, he was preparing something. He was, he was saying, listen, behind the scenes, there's something going on here that is good. And I want to tell you that there's something behind the scenes in your life that is going on that is good. If you are trying to follow Christ the best you can, and even if you aren't, he's still after you with goodness. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's almost like, even if I try to keep going the other way, if I try to go the other way, it's a bit like a bowling ball. Do you know the bowling balls? When you, you throw the bowling balls, and it looks like they're going right off track, don't they? And then they start to come back because of the weight. And so the weight of God's presence, the weight of God's glory, starts to bring you back on track. But even when that's not happening, behind the scenes, there is good stuff for you. We're not told this. The world doesn't tell us this. We have a very fixed grid, like John has said. We have a 2D grid. And the, the Bible enables us to see in 3D and see behind the scenes and see what's going on. I remember uh, there are lots of things that I could sort of talk about, examples, but I, w- I want to keep with this story because I don't want you to go away. Oh, David's got those stories. I want you to go back into this and say, well, this was a time when the people were doing evil and yet God came through for them. And I want you to think that um, <clears throat> as, as this woman who was barren, now barren in that society is like massively bad news. It's a, it's a disgrace. Barren means they can't have children. And children, no children in that society, in that culture was an absolute disgrace. And you talk about shame. I mean, shame times a million. And yet, and yet, in that place of hopelessness, in that place of complete, like, this is not going to happen, into that place, because there has been preparation behind the scenes, because there is a, another realm that we get a glimpse of in the Bible, and as we walk through our lives on the earth, 
even as believers, even as Christians, we sort of, one day we think that perhaps there is another realm and the next day we think we are and the next minute there is and the next, it's like there is another realm from which hope can pour out, from which kindness can pour out, from which healing can pour out. And we have to believe that to keep pushing through and keep, keep declaring it and speaking it. And so Port Alberni, we want to bless Port Alberni. We want to say, Port Alberni, there is, a, there is a hope that can come into you. There is a goodness that can come into you from another realm. It's not from us. It's from another realm where the king of glory lives. That's how my wife got healed from rheumatoid arthritis. The Lord took me into a place in that, in that good place place of absolute healing and power and he showed me exactly what to do and within two weeks she's completely healed and we were told that she'd been in a wheelchair and so there is a place and I'm, so I'm talking weeks but there's a place of goodness there's a place of hope and you're not, you don't hear about it out there you hopefully hear about it in here through John and the other leaders but I want to just hammer this home that there's a place of hope and this place of hope is real. It's more real than this thing I'm standing, I'm, I'm standing on right now. And we see glimpses of it. So she is, she, is, uh, she is in a place where she has no hope. She has no children. She's disgraced. She's shamed. And into that midst comes an angel. So <clears throat> let's just get over the angel thing into that midst comes something from beyond herself to help her. In this instance, it was an angel. But it could be anything. It could be just a, a prophetic word. It could be a healing. It could be whatever it is that, that God wants to do. If something comes from another realm, which is good, heaven, and comes into this place of uh, hopelessness and starts to declare things that without that, would not happen and so the words so there's some instruction that comes with that and that's where we start to get in some to the, the, the practical stuff as well sometimes sometimes major major things happen in the kingdom and we don't realize it because actually it's later on you start to see the fruit you know so like we did workshops and we don't know, like five years' time, what has triggered in someone's heart because of that workshop. We don't know what someone is going to do in the future because suddenly they just start to hear God more. But it starts small. Jesus in a stable. How, how, how small can you... You know, that's why like, it does our heads in because it's like, well, why would God just do that? Wouldn't he, you know, if I was God, I'd come on a pretty cool, like, chariot or something and, you know, blaze through the skies and... Wouldn't you? But he does things a different way. And so I want to sort of, sometimes things don't seem like they're happening. But behind the scenes, there are things happening. And sometimes things have been planted. And God's going, I've planted this, like, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago. And it'll, it'll soon come and it'll, it'll bear fruit for you. So, <clears throat> anyway, her response to this. So she has this incredible encounter with an angel. And she gets these instructions. And the child is, is, is the prophetic word over Samson that he was going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines were really bad news. They were militarily um, superior to the Israelites. They had uh, iron instead of bronze. So it meant that their military capacity, their, 
their weaponry was like super duper. It'd be a bit like um, you know, Spitfire versus a Typhoon jet or something like that. They were really much more uh, powerful. They're also completely ruthless. Uh, they would totally uh, destroy any uprising. They were occupying force, although there was a, a sort of ceasefire in a way um, that was going on. They had these presidents almost of each town, so they were, they were so well uh, organized. And into the midst of that, it, this angel is coming saying, look, and these guys are under that oppression. They are under that um, enemy, if you like. And God says, listen, you who has no hope, out of you is actually going to come a deliverer that will then come against the thing that is actually occupying that area. Isn't that so cool? I was trying to think of a modern day equivalent. It would be a bit like um, uh, someone being born into uh, Afghanistan and the prophetic word being, you're going to weaken the hand of the Taliban. That's the equivalent. Uh, some of you might not know what that means, but uh, essentially, you know, the Taliban, obviously, an extreme Islamic uh, associate, uh, group and, um, you know, ruthless. Um, and if you're born into that, and yet your, your destiny is to defeat that, it's a major, a major thing. And so in this instance, so she responds and... She responds by sh telling someone else, and I really like this about her, because there's just a transparency about her, about the supernatural. She's not trying to keep it hidden. She's not trying to keep it sort of wrapped up under wraps, and obviously the ministry that God seems to be giving, prophecy unwrapped, is like unwrapping things. And so she unwraps this to her husband. And, you know, if you are married <coughs> and... Uh, you know, share things with your spouse about things that, that God is saying, that God is doing. And um, obviously, I know there's sometimes challenges to that, but there's something about the transparency that she has here and the willingness to share. And his response, and so we're now down in verse 8, his response is he doesn't actually, actually, we don't know if he believes her. But he then prays and he says, Well, Lord, what's, you know, what's, what's this all about? And, um, Again, this is something where if God is up to something, <coughs> I'm, I'm really, I don't know, I kind of don't think we're going to miss it. I think if we pray and say, Lord, you know, I wasn't at that meeting or I wasn't around when that happened or whatever, I don't think there should be a, a fear that we're going to miss it sometimes. We just say, well... Lord, can you show me too? Can you do it for me too? I know people in Toronto broke out and they couldn't get there for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> they said, well, do it to us too. And it hit their church without having to go to Toronto, you know. And um, so I just, I just, uh, let's just ask God, you know, look, let the man of God whom you sent come to us again. So here I am. No, that's just. Uh, <laughs> Arr. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but he says, you know, well, I've got, I've, he basically the first bit of the instructions are like to the wife. And so now I, I need, I need, you know, what, what are we supposed to do for the child? How's this going to work and everything? And he says, God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. 
Again, supernatural encounter. What was happening? He wasn't there. Okay? And, you know, so what did she do? She said, I need to go get him. And so there's a sort of unity and a togetherness. So as a, as a, as a church, but also as individuals, you know, when, when things happen, you want to share what's going on. And you want to sort of, uh, as it were, not check things out, but, you know, look, let's, we're together in this. So husbands, wives, families, where possible, church, where possible, you know, there's a togetherness and a unity about this. It's not like this half are into the supernatural, that half aren't, or whatever. That divides. But there's a sense in which, you know, like something might happen to uh, Pauline, say, okay? And that's for the body. That's for all of us. And so uh, we can see here that, you know, it's like, well, she went to get the husband and said, look, this is what's happening. The man who came to me the other day has just appeared to me. I think that is also just demonstrating how good God is. Because, you know, he could have not listened, couldn't he? He could have gone, I sent the message already. You know, we paid the fare once. How, how much does it cost to come from heaven? You know, return journey. <coughs> I mean, the way fuel is and the chariots and stuff. I don't want to send it again. You know. And frankly, I've already said it. Why should I say it again? Because he doesn't waste his words, you know. So why should he? It's just his kindness. And also the response of faith that he saw. It says here, Manoah prayed to the Lord. So that's, that's, that's the husband. Prayed to the Lord. And God listened to the voice. And you can imagine going, oh, that's such a good prayer. I think I can go for that prayer. There's a faith response. It's not, sometimes you see where they respond to the supernatural or respond to an angelic and it's almost like they doubt they question they you know there's none of that in there it just says can you please come again because we need to make this really clear and uh you know sometimes god will say something to us and we think we haven't quite got it and he'll then say it again and again so we do get it and that's not because we're deaf it's because we're not used to dealing with the things of heaven are we Really, really. I mean, I'm not. So, you know, if you are, you, you, you know, you come and. <laughs> but we're not used to it. Our flesh doesn't like it. The world in us certainly doesn't like it. And the devil really doesn't want it to happen. But there are things from heaven he wants us to handle. And we can see here that the response of faith, the response of, yeah, I think this has happened. Now, <clears throat> send send him again and so they overcome the fuel difficulties and they send the angel again on, on the, from heaven so he's come again Manoah arose followed his wife that's always a good thing isn't it husband follows the wife <laughs> I love this are you the man who spoke to this woman and he said yes I am <laughs> Well, then let your words come to pass. Again, an incredible faith response. Now, we're talking about the husband now. But, you know, think about it. Just when God does something, when God says, it's like he does not want a whatever response. He just does not want that. He wants a response that goes, you know what, if that's you, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to absolutely go for it. Um, he, 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 he looks for that. 
He looks for that. He longs for that. You imagine your children if, you know, you, you got excited about doing something with them or taking them somewhere and they went, how fed up that makes you. Well, God feels the same and we don't respond with, yeah, let's go for this. This will be really good. So the angel said of the Lord to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. And so he's saying this thing again. And so God will speak again. He'll send other people in saying the same messages. He'll fine-tune. He'll open up things like more and more to you. I just, just people here. Who was here Friday night? <clears throat> okay, just so you know, this is to encourage you because, you know, Friday night there was a strength there and there's an anointing and everything. And I think a lot of people recognize that. So I, I got the fact that I should read that chapter five minutes before I stood up when I was in the office. Everything that I said was just on the, on the moment with the Holy Spirit. So you need to consider it and weigh it and everything. Um, but what I'm saying is there is more that will need to be added. There were things that had to be said again. There are things that had to be said from a different perspective. There are things that perhaps the language needs to be understood more and better. You need to know how it applies practically. So there are wisdom responses. But God will say it again because you'll ask him to, because you want to know more, and because you're responding by faith. You know, he will say things to you again. So then we go this, through this whole sort of hospitality thing, and, and essentially, obviously, it's in their culture. Uh, we needed to, they needed to uh, essentially feed, feed, the per, you know, feed the angel. It's just like, can you give me some food? So they must have looked reasonably normal. <coughs> and he says, well, you can delay me, but I'm not going to eat your food. But you offer a burnt offering, but you must offer it to the Lord. But Manoah did not know at the moment this was the angel of the Lord. I mean, it's an amazing mystery going on here, isn't there? Like this person turns up, says these things, and yet there's something that they know is true. But until that point, it seems that they looked relatively normal because they're offering to give them food and stuff like this. And so sometimes things that God does that are so out there supernatural to us can look normal. It's just that it comes with a power or a presence or an anointing, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And so this whole name thing comes on. Why do you call me? What, what do you ask my name is? Seeing it's so wonderful. Some people would actually say that this was the uh, Lord Jesus himself, but the jury's out on that. It happened as the flame went up towards heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. So up to this moment, it seems like, in some ways, it seemed like nothing was happening, didn't it? In some ways, it seemed like nothing was happening that was out of the ordinary, although there were messages coming. But then there was a turning point. And at that turning point, I mean, they were afraid because the presence and the power of God came with flame and fire. And so sometimes we're just in a process towards something that God has got in his heart. And there's an expectation and a hunger and a, oh my God, you're going to do something. You're going to do something. And it's like, oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? You see things, you see little tokens. And then there's a, sudden, there's a sudden moment in the kingdom where at that point our response has to be to fall down and worship. 
It can't be anything else. Then I love the way that the wife responds, or in fact, like the husband and everything, because they're all like, what is going on here? <coughs> so Manoah says to his wife, we shall surely die because we've seen God. Now, in, the, uh, in their culture, in, in the, you know, basically, they understood that if you saw God, you'd die. So he's just, he's just like, well, that's what it says in the book. You know, you don't see God and you die. But the wife has got a, a greater faith here. So all the, all the wives and the mums go, yeah, I knew that all along. We've definitely got a greater faith. <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh so much. <laughs> all the guys go, yeah, we know. <laughs> but Noah said to her, his wife, we should surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at least this time. I just love this response. It's like guys coming out with the kind of, you know, religious stuff, and the wife's going, well, hold on. Let's just think about this. If that, no, 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 no. And so we, I think this is just speaking to us of like, you know, we respond differently to things of the supernatural, and we need to understand that as a body we respond differently but we can work those things through and we can allow the tensions to sort of surface in a healthy way because in this way what happens is that actually um, every husband should hear this of course uh, that uh, he does submit to her (laughs) and um, they don't die Uh, which is really good news, because otherwise we wouldn't have had Samson, and then we'd have missed a bit of the Bible. Um, And so the woman bore a son. And she says, so she came with this really practical uh, response to this supernatural event. And so Samson grew, and it's interesting, you see Samson's life, and uh, obviously there were things that he got involved in later on that were really not at all good. But his name is in the heroes of the book of faith. And so there might be some mums here (coughs) who feel their kids are just like nowhere with God at the moment. And uh, I want you to take that as an encouragement that you don't know the end from the beginning. You just don't know. You might be part way along a tunnel that seems very black. But God is saying, look, you know, even in the final days, I could do something. Even in the moments, you know, the coming years, even in the coming days, the coming minutes. I don't know how that's going to work out. But I I want us to have hope as well that things can, even when they don't look good, that goodness can come out of them at the end as well. Because he is in the book of faith. And um, it's interesting that the the Bible seems to indicate that there was a point at time where... uh, it talks about his relationship with his mum and his dad. And this is, I suppose, a bit of a message to the, to the kids here, uh, and older kids even. But it talks about the relationship with the mum and dad. And it, once that comment on the, him walking with them and listening to them finishes, that's when the problem starts. <coughs> So up until that point, the spirit came on him. He went there with his mum and dad. He did this, he did that, he did the other. Wonderful things happened. And then it's from the moment 
after that, that's when he starts to get into trouble. And so I think there's a possibility that uh, we could also think, well, actually, there's a point where you stop listening to them. And, um, you know, you might feel that as a mom, you've done your very best and things haven't gone right. But then could there could be a point where the person, your son, daughter, stopped listening to you. But I just feel like the Lord's saying, well, you did a good job up to when you could. It's their decision to stop listening to you. <clears throat> but you still don't know the end from the beginning. You still don't know what might change. You just don't know. You just keep praying, just hoping. Keep hoping. Remember the place. Remember this, this woman that was barren. Remember that there was no hope. Remember the people doing evil in the sight of God. And in the, in the midst of that, when they didn't deserve it, it doesn't even say she was praying for it, but when they didn't deserve it, God sent a deliverer from this, from this other realm, if you like. There was an answer. And so on this Mother's Day, I, there's lots of thoughts here, but learning to host the supernatural, learning to respond by faith, but understanding that there is another realm. It is not just about this building, it's not just about John, it's not just about other leaders here. You know, we are all totally and utterly dependent on this other realm. If we do not have that, if we do not have a heaven providing, supplying, leading, guiding, we are toast. And when we hit those bad times, when we feel hopeless, when we feel despair, if we can remember, we remember these stories where you see heaven break in and change things and our response what's our response going to be what's our when things do happen what is our response going to be is it going to be like these and they said well look actually you know we're going to be measured in our response but we're going to still respond with faith we're not going to get all kind of you know carried away and whatever but we are going to respond by faith so a message comes uh, an event happens something goes on and you know, respond by faith. So in your own heart, we're all in different places, but we say, God, you know, well, could you do it again? Could you say it again? I didn't quite hear you the first time. Could you, could you just make it clearer? Maybe we've not quite understood it right. Maybe we got too caught up in the rush and the emotion of the moment to get the clarity of the message. One of my uh, good friends says he can't, God can't reveal deep things when our emotions are so poured out on him because there are things that are deeper than emotions because God doesn't live in a world of emotions he lives in a world of faith he loves our emotions and he has emotions but his world is ruled and governed by faith so if we want to become more like him and we want to become more Christ like he wants us to respond by faith now faith is like hope yes I think that that could be true you know, even, if it's, even if it's the best you could do is I think that could be true better so than that can't be because you just shut your heart to the things that actually can come and bring a breakthrough and bring hope and bring the goodness of God into a situation